0: It's a material scientist's dream. Imagine there was a battery material that just wouldn't degrade at all. The material would somehow stay in the exact same state of health for hundreds or maybe even thousands of years. And every time the material would develop first cracks due to mechanical, thermal, or acoustical shocks, the material failure would just magically heal itself. Maybe like a forest, or like a plant, or human skin. Is that even possible, we ask ourselves, chemically speaking?
1: Battery Generation. Brought to you by Celeste.
0: Welcome to Battery Generation, Professor Dr. Maitane Beretibar.
1: Thank you very much for having me in this podcast.
0: Let me introduce you to our audience really quickly. You are a professor for electrical engineering and power electronics at Freie University of Brussels in Belgium. You are the head of Battery Innovation Center in the Mobi Research Group at your university. Mobi is an innovative research hub for electromobility And your expertise, among others, includes emerging battery technologies, battery manufacturing, self-healing properties, and sensor integration. So, let's talk about self-healing batteries. Would you first of all describe that term to our audience, please? What is a self-healing battery? What does that mean?
1: Yes, uh, well, self-healing batteries is something that it's uh, very novel in the in the battery scientific world. We are now uh, researching it and it's uh, becoming more and more important topic. And actually self-healing what we what we try to to understand and as the name it says is try to protect the batteries from uh, from degradation mechanisms that are occurring in the battery cell and at the end Expand the, the lifetime by autocurative processes that we can have in the battery cell.
2: Let's dive in just a little bit here. So, so on the one hand, um, you mentioned um, prolonging the lifetime of the battery itself, and at the second part would be some some corrective uh, mechanisms. So, are we actually talking about a degradation that took place and that you are able to revert with your self healing battery, much like maybe if I cut my finger and it self heals? Is that comparable?
1: It is comparable, yes. Um, so at the end, in in self-healing uh, batteries, uh, what we have is that, uh, for example, we we'll have different materials, different compounds. One example that I like a lot is the usage of silicon. Now we are using silicon more and more in our batteries because of the properties that it it gives. But silicon has an an issue because when we are charging and discharging the batteries through the cycling process, the silicon expands. So that means that, of course, it can at the end uh, break in different uh, compounds and we will have a capacity decrease on the battery. So we can use it for uh, shorter uh, cycles. So if we use a self-healing uh, property, we can use, for, for example, self-healing coatings in which we will protect that silicon and we will uh, try to stop that breaking from the expansion of the silicon. And in this kind of concepts, uh, silicon uh, self-healing properties uh, relies on.
2: Just to get that clear, once the silicon is broken... Could the battery repair that silicon or is it all about preventing it from breaking?
1: There are different concepts and, of course, some of them try to activate an, uh, an action on the silicon that is broken. Other uh, kind of uh, actions will try to protect and keep the material inside.
2: So it's both. It's, so it's both. both, basically.
0: My first question actually is, um, silicon is already used in lithium-ion batteries. On the anode side, um, it's usually doping the, the graphite there. Um, is there self-healing batteries on the market already?
1: I would say not yet, so at least from my my perspective. However, uh, we are now on on it, and this means that uh, the the status in which we are now uh, at market level is that we are uh, de- developing the different uh, materials, let's say, with the self healing uh, properties, and these ones are now tested tested on a prototype, tested on a on a battery cell that we can uh, develop, and then from that at the end the we will need to test and what happens with uh, the self-healing properties that this comes with degradation and comes with time so then we need to at the end test the battery for a period of time and in that moment we will be able to have the self-healing batteries cell uh, in the market in at european level If we take
2: this concept to the end and say we achieve all that do you have an estimate of how much additional lifetime you could actually achieve for a battery are we talking about a forever battery that just never dies that i could just maybe send to space to some remote space station with equipped with some solar and then they just have electricity forever
1: that's for sure the aim huh to to have this battery that will uh, last forever however eh what we are doing is developing our our uh research understanding by different parts of course at a certain point point everything comes together self-healing sensors thermal management and and so on so at the end uh, we are going to have definitely if we compare to the starting point of of batteries in 1990 by sony with with the compare with that technology the way that we have done already is huge and i really would like to say that the way that we need to go ahead is also huge so we will definitely have longer lifetime and uh, batteries in the future
0: can't you just name a number just an estimation how much are we talking about is that i mean all these efforts are they leading to let's say a double lifetime or um, are we talking maybe five to three percent more lifetime
1: I don't think we will stay on the two, three percent. Uh, I would aim more for a uh, double the lifetime. However, that's a little bit uh, too much to say. But yeah, it would be, uh, I, I think it will be quite, uh, big, the step that we are taking. But we should not understand self healing as uh, always coming back to a uh, ideal or a scenario or a fresh battery with a beginning of life uh, point. Of course, self healing will uh, try to recuperate or try to uh, um, enhance the, the situation of the battery, but we will it's quite difficult that we will always stay in a, a freshly made battery state. So we will definitely go lower and lower with the different, different degradation mechanisms that can occur. And we will go to lower capacities and higher uh, resistances.
0: Could you just summarize once more um, the reasons that, so to say, drive the research on self-healing batteries? What are the advantages you want to reach at some point?
1: This is a very interesting uh, question uh, indeed in, in the battery uh, world. There is, uh, we are now in a, in a situation, in a transition, in which because of this uh, energy transition that we are um, facing, we, ha- we need to have... More batteries. This is an energy storage system that uh, has very good characteristics and we need to use them more and more. But of course, there is an issue with raw materials. So then we need to use the batteries that we have today or that we are going to manufacture in the coming years for longer time so that we are uh, more sustainable.
2: Are we actually talking about just changing, um, for example, lithium ion batteries a little bit and then? making them into a um, self-healing battery? or, Or is this an entirely new set of chemistries or a completely new battery design that we're talking about? So is it something we can just put on the existing technology or is it something that needs to be redone entirely?
1: Yes, uh, one may think that this is a very uh, novel topic, so you may think that maybe this is happening only in novel technologies, but uh, when we think about how the self-healing uh, properties or understanding com- comes from, this comes from degradation. This comes from the aging that is occurring in lithium-ion batteries. In this sense, uh, many of the of the aging or degradation processes that can happen on a cell that is already 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 mature, that is already manufactured, that we can buy, can be exactly the same degradation that can happen, for example, in new coming technologies like solid-state batteries. So the self-healing concept that we are uh, developing can fit in many different uh, technologies. We can talk about Generation 3, Generation 4, Generation 5 even, and then we can, from those self-healing properties, understand which one would fit which technology.
0: As I understand it, there's lots of researchers uh, focusing on self-healing batteries, such as mathematicians, um, people that do modeling, engineers, chemists. Is there actually um, biologists working on uh, batteries such as organic uh, materials? You could maybe imagine uh, when now comparing self-healing to maybe human skin or a forest or something. Is there um, people from biology working in your uh, research groups?
1: Uh, Actually, I would think that it's a little bit of a mixture of everything. Of course, uh, the understanding or the first idea of uh, of self healing comes a little bit from the from the human understanding or from nature understanding, as you are saying, no, a little bit more biological understanding. So that's a little bit the starting point. Why not applying this concept in in batteries? But of course, afterwards needs to be a chemical process needs to happen in the battery with the materials that we are using and. Then at the end, of course, when you understand how can you apply that, you need to optimize that process, and you want to apply that process. And then, of course, what we need to have is an engineering process. So I would say that at the end, it's a mix of the different kind of uh, walls that we have. <music>
2: Let me come to that engineering process uh, just a little more, because um, recently there have been a lot of uh, headlines about sensors in batteries, maybe even in cells. Uh, So um, we were wondering if I'm going to have a self-healing battery, I need to somehow know its state, right? I need to know whether it already degraded. So. I would imagine there would be some sort of sensors required. Um is that part of the of the concept for self-healing batteries? Can you maybe elaborate on that?
1: Yes, this is something that is is it's happening now and it's will start uh, very soon on how to combine both worlds. We are understanding in one hand which kind of sensors can we use to understand the battery properties? And on the other hand, we are as well understanding which kind of self-healing properties can we really track or can we really interact on to have a better lifetime batteries. And what we need to have, of course, here, very important, is a trigger. It's a triggering that will, uh, at the end, say... Okay, the self healing uh, functionality needs to happen. And why? Activate. <laughs> activate, yes. And then, of course, when does this triggering need to happen? When do we need to say activate now? When we understand from the, the different sensors which is the, the status of the battery. So, this is something that is now coming together.
2: You probably need. To define some sort of threshold where you say if, if maybe the voltage goes underneath a certain level of the cell or maybe temperature, um, do you already maybe know which uh, which sort of sensors you need? Do you need to know the voltage, do you know the resistance or do you need the temperature maybe?
1: There is a menu of different sensors that we can use and what uh, is happening now is the understanding of which sensors are uh, could be successful for the battery world. This is what we are now uh, understanding. And there are many different kinds of sensors. There are acoustic sensors, electrical sensors, mechanical sensors, temperature sensors, electrochemical sensors. So for example, if we can uh, try to understand Temperature sensors, this is something extremely important. Temperature is a threat sometimes for the battery. We need to control it very well. So if we understand precisely... At the cell level, where is the the concentration of maximum temperature and how much is that temperature? We are understanding a lot lot of that characteristic of the battery. We can understand as well electrochemical sensors like uh, impedance spectroscopy. Impedance spectroscopy can give us in an overall the resistance understanding of the battery, but also more, much more detailed understanding. But that already gives us a lot of information of the battery performance as well. And if we are talking about, for example, mechanical sensors, we can have stress sensors. We can link this to the previous topic that we were discussing on silicon. If we understand that stress factor of, of of the battery itself, we can prevent, uh, uh for example, uh, gas formation in, in the battery that will lead maybe to a hazard. So that we need to link very well, which sensor accompanies which kind of uh, self-healing property.
0: Could you once more tell us why uh, sensors in batteries and self-healing properties are always mentioned together aren't they actually two very different separated research areas
1: we can treat it as uh, separate areas we can have uh, batteries only with sensors we can have uh, batteries only with self healing properties but uh, now the next step on the on the research uh, actions on on batteries is to understand how can both be combined uh, together so that this this will be a little bit uh, the engineering that we were saying before, the engineering effect of of both uh, togethers because of course we need to understand that uh, self-healing uh, properties, maybe they need to uh, get activated when they need to get activated and not before and not later. And this will be something that, for example, the sensors can really provide this, this information. And then uh, Uh, In that sense, we will gain a lot uh, if we can try to combine both of the worlds. However, independently, they can definitely work as well.
0: That's a great future outlook there. But let's take one step back, uh, Professor Berethibar. If I buy an electric vehicle uh, right now, is there any sensors already inside the battery packs?
1: Sensors is something that uh, now in the battery uh, scientific world is is uh, is under research on different uh, fields in different topics. We can have sensors at manufacturing level, in the manufacturing line to produce better batteries. We can have uh, sensors on the cells, as we are saying, inside the cell or on top of the cells and we can have even uh, sensors at the at the battery pack normally today if you would have an electric vehicle um, you would have uh, sensors for sure at the at the battery pack these sensors they need to be there for understanding uh, thermal uh, thermal management and thermal actions that needs to be done at the battery pack level however the sensors that we are developing now would be more into the cell level inside the, le- the cell or on top of the cell. And this, of course, uh, there is a, a big difference in understanding the different properties of, the, of each of the cells.
0: How can I picture that? How large are these uh, sensors that are already put into a battery pack? And then the sensors that you might want to put into every single cell, is that maybe comparable with my the top of my pencil here? Or how large are they?
1: Yes, it can be comparable to that. Of course, depending on the sensor, it is, uh, space is critical. Space is critical for, the, for a battery pack. Uh, so the sensors needs to be as small as possible. So the sensors that are inside the, the cell even more because of course we need to uh, cover them with different layers of the materials that we are using to develop the the battery but of course on top of the cell these are normally printed um, sensors that can be uh, very very flat and they don't have uh, nearly any space that they they take
2: and then you need to communicate that data between the cells right so so You don't use cables, of course, but still, wouldn't that also just require a little bit of space because you don't only have the poles to to connect, but also the well, the data links.
1: Of course, uh, ideally this will come uh, also, there are some research actions happening here. How can we uh, connect and understand the signals of each of the sensors? So uh, for that, at the end, what we are aiming us is to have a cloud computing, is to have wireless connection where we can understand uh, each of the data and what is happening uh, there.
2: So <laughs> So maybe in the, in the near future, my battery will have a longer life if I have good Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I hope that it will not rely on your Wi-Fi, huh? <laughs> but, uh, but it will be uh, definitely connected. It, it, uh, it really uh, helps on having better understanding and uh, faster responses on the different uh, algorithms and management systems
0: let's say um every single cell of a module is now equipped with a sensor uh, and you get the data how much uh, capacity how much performance you get out of a cell wouldn't you need in the next step and a very individual cooling and heating setup that i don't know might want to cool or heat up different cells for example when i um accidentally supercharged my uh, battery in a ve- very cool environment. Um, there might be some cells that degraded much faster than the other ones and might want to be treated very differently from the cooling and heating system. Is that possible in the future?
1: It's possible. Definitely, it can be even enhanced with the with the usage of uh, different sensors per cell. But I can say that there are many activities already ongoing today for the for the better development of the of the battery thermal management systems. In this case, we are having different kind of uh, thermal management systems and cooling systems that, are, up to now, it has been a little bit either air-based or either liquid-based with maybe a refrigerant that we can use, but we are more and more using hybridization of both, and even uh, phase change materials that we can use uh, for the cooling systems. But on top of that, there are other activities that are ongoing today that we can apply today, like for example, smart charging. As you are mentioning, of course, when it's very cold, we need to maybe uh, have a Uh, heating, um, process in the battery so that this, uh, charging process can be, uh, faster and can be with a less, uh, less aggressive to the batteries. And in the same way, for example, when we are going to fast charge, fast charge produces, uh, creates a higher temperature creates warmth in the battery. So how to do this in the, in the best way, depending on the battery characteristics of it. And what is happening a, a lot as well is because this is a lot of data. This is a lot of uh, understanding algorithm development. This at the end creates a lot of um, usage of the computational effort of the microcontrollers. So then at the end, we need to have as well other kind of solutions like hardware in the, in the loop cloud-based technology that we can have more accurate and and quicker uh, understanding on how to charge our battery, for example, in different temperatures.
0: Let's now talk about battery safety as well. I know from a a, a Chinese electric vehicle manufacturer that actually monitors all of its batteries um, uh, via the data you just mentioned. And they are actually... um, Um, able to um, see the state of health of all their batteries including if someone has a problem with uh, her or his battery Uh, so it's probably also a a topic for battery safety right I mean if you monitor all these data um, maybe a smart battery can lead to less uh, accidents right
1: Yes, totally. Uh, We are talking about a longer lifetime. However, of course, sensors, uh, self-healing and thermal management, this is indeed uh, highly linked with safety. So, per per definition, we will have safer batteries. However, the the batteries that we have now in place are, of course, very well equipped and and safe already. But we will have even uh, safer understanding batteries.
2: If I actually have a really self-healing battery, just imagining the concept comes to to pass and is there. I would probably not even need to worry about the battery malfunctioning so much because if it does, it either shuts down way before, uh, if it can't handle the self-repair or it will self-repair and I don't Get ever ever get to that point where I actually have a critical mal- malfunction?
1: So yes, of course, this is something that is now uh, changing the state of health. Normally relies a little bit on the on the capacity decrease of the battery, but now when we are talking about self healing, when we are talking about sens- uh, sensor implementation, we are of course understanding the the capacity decrease, but we are also understanding the the resistance. We are understanding uh, the specific degradation mechanisms that are happening. And we are understanding if there is a pulverization, if there is microcracking, if the solid uh, electrolyte is increasing, how much. So then in that sense, the battery management system can go now to novel concepts in which it will rely on other uh, aspects as well. And it can, in that sense, have uh, a better and more accurate understanding of uh, the battery phenomena.
0: Let's now skip to the topic of manufacturing these self-healing batteries, smart batteries. I'm pretty sure that it's uh, very, very costly to implement all these sensors inside a battery. How would you convince a manufacturer of uh, producing these self-healing batteries? And a serious question now, do you think... A manufacturer even wants to sell them if they existed, since self-healing batteries would probably be the last battery they ever sell, right? Since it's self-healing and I don't have any incentive to buy the next one.
1: Well, of course, it's uh, tricky. It's already tricky to manufacture the batteries that uh, we have in in place, to have them very, very uh, equal to each other with a very accurate uh, process. So, uh, including sensors and including uh, self-healing functionalities and materials, that. Creates a new challenge on the manufacturing. But we are very well prepared, I would say, at European level. Uh, battery manufacturers at, at Europe, they are very well uh, involved in uh, European projects that are ongoing with these self-healing and sensor uh, activities. So they are already understanding how to do this. But of course, we need to wait to understand which are the, the, the sensors that are going to be applied and where to locate them and how many to to locate them, and, and the same with their self-healing. But uh, if I would put myself on, uh, if I would be um, a battery manufacturer, um, I would say that why not to have the best quality and longer lifetime batteries? Because at the end, we are now uh, facing a technology that will be further improved and we will go to novel technologies and we will go to more sustainable technologies so we will need to go into this uh, race so I don't see uh, a problem with having long-lasting uh, batteries if I would be a battery manufacturer of course
2: you mentioned before that you have so much data that maybe you will process over um, via cloud computing um, just a quick question do you see AI or machine learning as having a part of a uh, of that self-healing battery to to, to kind of analyze it? Or, Or is that something you can actually already engineer with the equations we have, with the knowledge we have?
1: This is, uh, I would say, well established. When we are talking about the uh, self-healing uh, sensors, uh, thermal management as well, we are using, I would say, today everything based on on machine learning. Uh, we are developing on a, a European project, uh, Spartacus, state of x estimation algorithms for the the performance and understanding of the sensors that are implemented in the cell, and this. Definitely it's applied already because we already have a huge background and a huge understanding on how to do this already with not sensorized cells or non self-healing batteries. So this is something that we directly uh, can apply. Definitely we need to have a basic uh, understanding and and proof of concept. But from that moment on, we apply directly uh, smart tools to uh, develop uh, the next uh, coming uh, technology with the machine learning and artificial intelligence as tools.
0: Another topic I'd be really interested in would be a second life of batteries. You talked about collecting all these data from uh, the cells, the, the single cells, but the modules and packs as well. Isn't that something someone in the future could be interested in when buying these used batteries?
1: Yes, I think it really uh, makes a difference. Uh, If we understand that, uh, for example, a battery is already used in a passenger car and needs to move to a a second life uh, scenario, if we understand that the, the batteries have self-healing functionalities, has sensors to understand better what's the current performance and the, the status of, the, of that battery, I think it will be a big difference. And it definitely can uh, enable a usage for a longer lifetime and more cycles in a second life uh, scenario with a safer uh, battery as well.
2: In in my mind, I was just comparing it to um, the kilometer counter in the car, which is maybe just a very crude number to to estimate how worn down a car is. But if with all that sensor data, I would actually be able to, when selling a battery for second life, to label it very precisely on what um, maybe lifetime to expect from it and what kind of usage it would be suited for because I have all that
1: the the digital uh, battery passport is something that is now uh, ongoing and in, in that same way will as well be an uh, enabler for for second life because we will understand what is the history of that battery uh, what's the actual uh, state of that battery. But of course, here, what it's uh, really key is the understanding of uh, remaining useful life algorithms and the state of health algorithms. This really provides the real understanding of uh, if we can use that battery or where can we use it as well? In which kind of applications? Eh, on, on, on grid applications, some applications are, uh, they need more, let's say, higher requirements than than others. And that is key to understand how to match them well. And with the sensors and self-healing will be even more uh, feasible.
0: Last question for this podcast. Um, what do you think is the outlook and the goal of your research when you look at the next, uh, let's say, three to five to 10 years. Will we see these self-healing batteries on the market? And if yes, uh, what applications is the first one to target?
1: I totally uh, believe that we will have these self-healing and sensorized uh, cells, Uh, although we will need to wait a little bit to to see it on an application. What we are trying to prove is the proof of concept, is the self-healing concept, is the sensor concept, how to apply this in the the technology that we have now in place, and it will come in the future. And uh, of course, one of the targets: it's uh, transport, it's uh, passenger cars, it's buses, it's uh, trains, it's everything that uh, we need to to uh, yeah to electrify more and more on transport.
0: Thank you so much for this talk, Professor Berithibar. Thank you for your time and your expertise, dear listeners. Now it's your time. Please comment in the comment section or send us an email. That's hello at battery generation. Com. See you next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye